Welcome back to the Evolution Pod Club. I am your host, Jackie Seiden. You are love. That is what you are. You are a unique expression of source energy. You are eternal. You are limitless. You are everlasting. You cannot die. You cannot lose anyone. You cannot be rejected. You cannot get it wrong. You cannot make a mistake. You are perfection. You are the most perfect expression of source we have ever seen. Does that make any sense to you? Do you hear the words, but doubt the truth of it? Your doubt is evidence of your limiting beliefs. At the time of your birth, you knew you were source. You were present in the moment. You only sought joy in each and every moment. And along the way, your mom got upset. A teacher criticized you. A friend group left you out. A sibling taunted you. And you began to believe that you were less than perfect, that you were not whole and worthy, that in order to feel whole and worthy, you must be a certain way so that all these people would like, love, and respect you. And you created the persona you have now. And this is the inauthentic version of you because the very creation of the persona is based on a flawed premise that you need to be something that you're not in order to get people to see you or to like you or to love you or respect you or appreciate you. But all that's really happening is that you have forgotten who you are. You're a limitless being of love and acceptance. Acceptance is love. Once you learn to fully love and accept yourself, you will not need the love and acceptance of others because you will see them for who they are as well. Also eternal beings of love and acceptance. And once you see that, no one can disrespect you. No one can leave you out. No one can reject you. No one can take you for granted, it would be impossible. They could not show up in that way because that would not be the vibration you would be putting out. And if someone did something that another might deem disrespectful, you would immediately see through the illusion and know that person is simply in fear. That person just forgot who they are. That person is a limiting belief that caused fear. And in fear, that person receives urges to control the conditions, even if those conditions happen to be you. And that person is acting on those urges because she doesn't know that her urges are based in fear, that those urges can't help her feel the way she thinks she will feel by seeming to gain control over the situation. No one can control a situation. We laugh when we think about that, that you think people can control outcomes, others, and conditions. No one can create in your reality, and you cannot create in another's reality. No one can make you feel something. Do you hear us? Because we know you say a million times a day, he made me feel bad. He said this or that. Or did you see that? That was awful. That was so rude. She hurt my feelings. No one can make you feel anything. You are receiving unwanted emotions from your inner self to let you know that you're buying into the illusion of physical reality. And that's great because that's what those feelings are there for. You are receiving negative emotions as feedback that you have a limiting belief about the circumstances. And a limited belief is a belief without information. With all the information, you would see clearly that everything is perfect as it is, that everything is working out for you in every moment. Your guides, when they see in your vibration that you are out of alignment, meaning you no longer hold the higher perspective, they're going to let you know, just as we do for Jackie. We let her know and she hears us. Oh boy, does she ever, she can't shut us off. It's like there's a burning building And she found a super hose that sprayed love and turned us on. And we started bursting out streams of love to quench the fire. But fires erupt each and every day because not only do we flow love, we also happily light the matches for her. Because without the fires, there would be no learning, no growing, and no evolving. You think you need to take action to make things happen. You have to work hard to make a lot of money. You need to earn your keep. You need to earn your worthiness. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Yes. Action gets stuff done in the physical realm, but it's like making a snowball versus creating a spaceship. One person in love creates more and makes a greater shift than a million people in fear, but you can't see it. And you love proof. You all want to see it work. You want to test it. You want the things to materialize. You could say, oh, wow, look at that. And we say, don't worry about that. Your only job is to seek alignment as much as you can. Make feeling good the most important thing to you. Find the way, research the ways that work for others, find ways that work for you. And when you are in alignment, see the higher perspective that everything is always working out in every moment, then you will receive 
inspiration in forms of ideas or invitations from others, and you will have fear pop up. And the fear can be subtle, but be assured that it is fear nonetheless. The fear is only there to stop you from acting on the inspiration. The fear can be as simple as, I'll do it tomorrow. Push past the fear, act on the inspired idea. It will either lead to something exciting or a manifestation event indicating there's a limiting belief that has yet to be uncovered. Keep doing this over and over, step by step, and your life will drastically begin to alter. It will be easier, more fun, lighter, with deeper connections. I'm watching my friend here do this. It's thrilling. She has been following inspiration since the day she was born. I don't know if she knows this, but I used to watch her on Step by Step as a kid playing Al, and she was my favorite character. And when she wasn't on screen, I swear to God, I waited for her to come back. And that is true. She and I met doing Happy Days at Gary Marshall's Theater 100 years ago. And she has been a constant pillar in my life. Not to mention, she gives my daughter uh, Pearl all her daughter's hand-me-downs, so I owe her everything. And these days, this woman is directing television, you know, shows like the Goldbergs, you heard of it. She acts in everything. She choreographs, she writes, she does more directing. She looks gorgeous. She hosts her own podcast called The Worst Ever. And she inspires the world with her own story. Please join me in welcoming my friend. I'm so honored to have her here. Christine Lakin. Hi, Jackie. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're here. This is thrilling. I am thrilled to be here. Thrilled to be here. We're all so grateful. So listen, we had a really interesting last year of our lives together. And I know we were sort of searching, searching, searching. So what would you say is the thing that sort of got you on this journey? Well, you know, if I, if I have to be honest, I think I've been searching my whole life. Yes. Um, you know, it started from a really young age. I was sort of indoctrinated into traditional religious teaching and tried to find a connection there for many, many years in a way that I never fully was able to, I was hard. It was hard for me to reconcile the black and white good versus evil you're damned if you don't believe this, but if you believe it all and you're hook, line and sinker, then you're going to some magical place. I, I had like trouble reconciling that fear and judgment uh, in my heart. And so then I went a different way. I'm like, well, maybe I'm supposed to be a Buddhist. And then I was trying to, <laughs> I was studying different religions. And then I was like, I'm just going to go to yoga and just like meditate. Cause maybe mm-hmm. it's, maybe my spirituality is found there. Maybe I, I need to hike up this mountain and be in nature. And so all of these things were, you know, I think kind of forming this, uh, this, in, this inquisitiveness, this exploration of, of what I was looking for, but I hadn't found it. I hadn't found that thing that just like switched the light bulb on. Um, and really, you know, this past year was definitely difficult for everybody, um, myself included. And I think there were many manifestation events. I found myself really spiraling into fear. Um, there was a lot, I think, externally happening, whether it was pandemic or, you know, uh, politically related or with social justice. I was feeling like, uh, there was just, uh, there was a, you know, it was a perfect storm. Um, to try to control conditions and to feel very mm. sort of responsible to try to, you know, create some kind of change and very fearful for the world that, you know, I was bringing my kids into. Um, and there were several manifestation events that happened um, uh, that kind of led me down a shame spiral. And it was, I think, sort of that like rock bottom where I was like, I have got to start taking real stock. I have got to take better care of myself and get back to, you know, something that feels like alignment, which is not a word I had in my vocabulary at that point. And so that started me on a course of meditation and therapy. And it kind of started to open the door and unpeel the layers of stuff that I hadn't really fully dealt with. And it it was really a lot of limiting belief about shame. And it was a lot of it. That's, I think, what was at the core of a lot of it for me. Yeah. Um, Very, very uncomfortable work. I could cry thinking about it. I have the chills. Yeah, I'm with you. It's okay. Um, And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm so happy I did it. It was the best work of my life. It was the hardest work of my life. 
Um, and it was right around that time that I think you and I had started to, you know, connect over Joshua. You had just sort of started your first or second boot camp. You were telling me about it. The new year dawned. You were talking to me a little bit about it. And I was like, what is this? You know what? I'm just going to, okay. I'm just going to push myself in and see, I'm just going to do something and take a class and see what happens. And it literally changed my life. It changed my life in such a dramatic way because I was so ready for it. I was mm. so vulnerable to it. Yeah. I was so like, I, I just, I was waiting for someone to switch that, that light on. And once I saw everything from a different perspective, once I was able to grant myself the love and acceptance that source was, was, was there all along, that I was not you know, judging myself uh, by every small thing that, you know, this physical reality threw in my face, once I was able to really see beyond my limiting beliefs, it, it was like the world just completely opened up. And now it's like, of course, manifestation events continue to happen. And I am, I feel as though I am, instead of being, uh, I guess, shamed into a corner by them, I am more, I, I feel like an explorer in my own life. I have oh, good man. days and bad days, like yeah. all of us but I, I am more interested. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's interesting. I feel something. What is that? Do I feel jealousy? Is that jealousy? Is that, is that shame? Is that, what is that coming from? It's not about that other person not calling me back. Mm. It's not about, you know, that thing that, you know, my agent said or not getting the job. It's actually something that's like deeply ingrained and a rewire that I have to go back and say, Oh, okay. I feel like I'm not enough. All right. Okay. Let's go back to this one again, you know, or, Oh, okay. I get what's under here. It's actually that, uh, I feel like I'm not free. That was a huge mm -hmm. one for me and parenthood, parenthood and freedom, controlling, Ooh. Ooh, big one. You know, yep. I see my kids differently. I see my relationship, my relationship with my husband has never been more on track. Um, after I guess, and, and I, I was in therapy. I feel like, I don't know if anyone else, you know, will relate to this, you know, I'd go to therapy and be like, well, you know, he's not, and I feel like he's not good. And it was a lot about me trying to place blame or find fault and what, sure. you know, uh, someone else could do better to make my life better. Right. And then you get validated in that way too. There's validation like, yes, that is unfair. You know, you need to have these boundaries and let them, it's, it's right. a lot of enforcing. And actually my therapist is going to be joining us in a couple of weeks. So it'll be yeah, a very interesting be conversation. So interesting. Yes. Yeah. But because I, that's just kind of like it. the first layer of it. That's know? what it is because it's very helpful in uncovering what the fears are and the, the core of the of let's say, for example, where did the shame come from? Like uh, unrooting yes. and to find, cause that does take some practice and therapy helps you get really adept at that. Um, because in this work, you have to be able to uncover what the limiting belief is. And there has to be some kind of awareness, which is why sensitivity is important because you have to be aware of how you're totally. feeling and your emotions so that you can take stock and everything you're saying is exactly the higher perspective stuff's going to keep happening, but then to sort of approach it with that curiosity and that, okay, I'm feeling negative emotions. I, my guys are letting me know I'm out of alignment. What is going on here? And not immediately going to making it wrong, making others wrong, blaming. And also I think hard part is not blaming yourself, right? Yes. It's like they're all reflections of, of us. And it's ultimately about total self-acceptance because everyone yes. around us is this mirror for us. And so, and so they're showing up for us the way we're asking them to, we've, they're completely abiding by the contract that we have pre-written, you know? Yeah. And no one shows up to you the same way. Your kids see you differently than your husband sees you, than your parents and your friends. So everyone, it's not only a mirror, it's like a fun house of mirrors, actually. <laughs> right. That's a good one. Yeah. Where everyone's reflecting back to you some different facet of yourself. And definitely it can be quite overwhelming. Totally. And it's happening like all at once sometimes, correct? you know, um, and you the know, faster like you're daughter, moving, the more yeah. faster it comes. So you're, you've been, 
you've been changing and evolving, like you said, happened drastically. So it's, yes. you can go at any speed you want, but you were kind of like, bring it on. And so it's truly. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the other things that's so interesting. You know, it's, it's kind of, I felt like in the very beginning of sort of finding this, I'll, I'll call it this new way of living. Cause I, I really feel like, and I keep saying, and I've said this to you in multiple texts, I was like, Jackie, you have changed my life. You changed my life. You didn't. But you, you changed it. me. I yes. did. <laughs> you know, you I, know. I say this, I yes. get it. I love but you. You introduced me to something that I I just never thought was possible. And uh, you know, in in the beginning, it was like, oh my God, this is this is incredible. And I see things from a different perspective. And I see that we're all loving. Oh, I'm good. Like and for two weeks, I was like, I'm good. I think I've I think I've done it all. And then it's hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious to even like think about that. And then all of a sudden, you know, man, huge, big yep. manifestation events, you know, and like sorting through that again and being like, oh God, now what am I doing wrong? You know? Right. And then like, it's interesting though, because the more they come up and the same ones will continue to come up until you continue to release that fear and to work through them and work through them. And now I find them almost funny. If I can step back and look at them and be like, yes. oh my God, look at me, look right. at me. Get I used to get so squirreled up about something. And now I can laugh at my old self who would have gotten squirreled up by that emotion. Right. And it, letting it go is just is much easier and moving on with my day, you know, right? not letting it consume who I am or what this day is going to become or how I react to and try to control, you know, urges and conditions around me in order to that. basically solidify that my belief, my fear-based belief, I'm justified in this and everyone's right. doing this to me, you know, and it's unfair. I mean, and you can find people that will get on co-sign that because that's all we've 100%. ever done. We'll say, no, that is unfair. You, that you should, I would be pissed. Right. So right. it's kind of finding that perspective, even as you're changing and the people around you are still in fear. Sometimes it's hard. And also Very. not something you said too, about looking at certain things that used to bother you and not making that and having that new perspective on it and not making those beliefs come with you anymore, letting those go. And that applies to all of the things that have ever happened to you, which is a big pill to swallow, to not pick up that giant weight behind you and decide to bring it into your present every moment where it's like, oh, this thing totally. happened to me a long time ago. And I have to pick, because we choose to bring that with us in every moment. Absolutely. That brought me back to therapy again, which is something about, there is something there about just reopening the wound, reopening, replaying that keeps bringing it back yep. to our present. And at a certain right. point, the only thing is now to just let it drop, drop the weights. Just right. And, you know, I, I think there are people, my, myself included, who have experienced what I think we would label as trauma. Yes. Um, and you know, and in therapy, I, you make a good point. Cause I, cause even just talking about certain things for the first time was like opening such a deep, deep wound that it was even hard to like discuss. And what was interesting is then as I started replaying that trauma through this lens of everything happens for you, it's a tough one, right? Oof, yeah. Cause you ask yourself, Oh, how is that for me? And, and it was, it was always meant to happen. It was always going to happen. Right. Therapy will tell you that you didn't do anything to allow that to happen. Mm. Um, you know, therapy will tell you that you are a victim. Right. And yeah. that you are, uh, you didn't, you know, you didn't, just because you didn't say no, or because you didn't stop something or whatever that, you know, that this thing happened to you. And it's actually right. like the complete opposite. Right. So it was, it's an interesting way to, um, I guess, reframe in my mind, like it is a part of who I am. It happened for me, um, for a reason, but it also doesn't hold any weight anymore mm. that if I can, like I, oh. I was, I was able to let a lot of old shit go because I wasn't dredging it up and actually placing blame on X, Y, Z, and even, you know, trying to victimize myself anymore right. of like, well, this right. happens and I, I am the victim in this. I am not a victim. 
Uh, Everything happens for a reason. I know that now. Yeah, it was the path of least resistance to get you here, which is also a crazy pill to swallow. It did happen. It was always going to happen. And to see the perfection and all of the, what came before, because it brought you here to this moment. Yeah. It's a hard place to get. Yes. Yes, completely. And it's a hard place to get to because, you know, and I think it's maybe not a a very popular (laughs) perspective from people who have experienced trauma. Um, Anyone who's listening, you know, everyone has their own versions of trauma. And I know that it's going to resonate with people who are listening because if you are listening to this conversation, then you have acted on enough inspiration to somehow find this teaching and this approach to see it in a new way. So even if it may, let's say, activate a manifestation event for someone who's listening, there's something to play with there. There is something there in terms of, I don't want to say ownership or take responsibility because that feels aggressive, but just to see that your higher self because let's be honest, the person who's creating is not our physical selves, it's our inner selves, right? So that is the non-physical part of you did put you in that situation, which is in essence you, in order to be on this journey of self-discovery, in order to further your expansion in love, in order to further your evolution. And it is, uh, it does require some I mean, yeah, accountability. It does and responsibility because that's what we did. We put ourselves in these situations. Yeah. With excitement. How about that? We couldn't wait to get here and do that. Because in the non-physical, everything is, there is no fear. So there's no resistance. So everything is joyful and we can pretend to know what it feels like to have an argument or to feel bad, but we can't. So much like an amusement park, right? When we come to the physical realm, we can't wait to get on the rides of death and destruction and pain and trauma, because that seems so fun to our non-physical selves who are eternally in joy and eternally in ecstasy. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild to think about? Yes. People say, oh, the the death and destruction, you know, the world is just going to shit and everything's awful. And like, yet we move on to our physical life and we're all wherever we are going, oh my God, wasn't that great? Wasn't that exciting? Oh, and (laughs) remember that time? Oh, and if if you're listening and you're like, I don't know if I buy that, you know, my mom's always like, I believe some things, not others. Then explain to me the obsession with Ted Bundy. Explain to me the obsession with true crime and with horror films. We are titillated by the darkness. Train wreck. The train wreck. We can't stop staring. And figuratively. That we can't, yeah. we can't stop staring. What happened on the highway? What is that? What's going on over there? What's, how bad is it? How bad is it? It's 100%. It's really just evidence of what we're saying to be right. true. Right. And of course, there is no truth. There are just beliefs, but they're either empowering or limiting. But this is an empowering belief that we are love and that where we're going is just joy and love. That is an empowering belief. So I'm here for it, right? Same. <laughs> I Same. know you are. Oh, no, I wanted to ask you because I, you know, you mentioned it a little bit in the, in the beginning, and I've been thinking about this a lot um, mm. about activators mm-hmm. in our lives. And it's so you know, it's so curious because we, we have these friends or family or, you know, old communities of, of, you know, associates, um, (laughs) who have, who have enabled us sometimes, you know, you have that bitch friend, that friend you'd go to, to bitch about your husband or go to, to bitch about Mm -hmm. your kids or your job or whatever. And those are little like, yeah, Yeah. and we've lived, we lived that way for a long time. And those are the relationships we kind of built. And then we get to this other place of seeing things differently and not wanting to go down that road anymore because it feels kind of icky now. And it's actually, uh, it just stirs up negativity. It's not a vibrational Um, match to where you are. It's not a vibrational match, right? Yeah. But those people are still in our lives. Correct. And it's, uh, you know, and like you said, you, me, whoever putting out a positive or a a higher vibration uh, of love is always going to be um, a thousand times more effective than trying to create change or, you know, in anybody else, you know, um, or act on urges. And, and it's true that you, I've seen it happen, but it is, it can be sometimes a real challenge to be presented with a friend group or a certain person in our lives that are major activators. 
um, that continue on like a daily or weekly basis to challenge that sense of staying on a, on a vibrational plane. I don't know. Maybe you can speak on that a little bit. Yes. Because what's so crazy about it is that if we're holding ourselves accountable in the way I was just saying, we know that connection is love and disconnection is fear. And we know it would be easy to just silently divorce that friend and move on with our lives, but we will get it from someone else. If we do that, some people like to say the devil, you'd know, right. But the truth is there are still beliefs that we hold and there are still doubts that we hold, even though our vibrations may be changing, that person definitely is in our lives. And if it's activating us, there's still something to be uncovered and we keep doing the work and they keep showing up. And yes, you kind of think to yourself, well, I'm doing the work and I feel so much better. Why the fuck does this keep happening? This person's trying to control me. Please stop. It's making me nuts. It doesn't bother me. It's fine. I'm totally fine. I'm meditating. Right. I see the perspective. It's <laughs> absolutely fine. Please go away. Yep. <laughs> but we really are doing that just so it would go away. And the truth is there will always be activators in our lives and they are the most important relationships in our lives because right. the friendships that you have that are so easy are not pushing you to expand more they're with you on this journey and it's lovely but the ones that create the tension and the contrast and the stress that's where you can really do the work and then see evidence of your work to see okay I'm going to keep processing these beliefs keep processing these limiting beliefs that are getting triggered and then see if it diminishes because it's really tricky to not try to manipulate the system I try to manipulate the system right I will talk to my guides and be like, work out my fears so that this issue will just disappear. And that of course doesn't work, but the more we do what you actually were talking about in the beginning of seeing, okay, it's happening again. Ha ha. (laughs) Oh, this person (laughs) is complaining again about this This is happening. I'm I am seeing this and I know it's for me. I will take this. And the other thing that also may be happening simultaneously, there's a couple of things going on, is that also the other people in our lives that are activators that may be having a hard time, your alignment will activate others when they are not in the same vibrational space. They will look to you to help make them feel good about their negativity, make them feel good about their stance that this one is wrong and that was shitty and this was bad. They want that from you. And if you're not giving it, that's going to create tension. It will also, what's happening is that the people around you have drawn you into their lives because they too are seeking well-being. They too are seeking a higher perspective. We are all in a natural state aligned and in love and well and good. That's where we all exist naturally. So that's where everyone's trying to go. So there's also something happening with the people in your life that are seeing you as an example of alignment and unable to get past their fears in the moment, but are trying, there's something there, they're feeling it and they're, they're drawing you to them still. And your job, I would say in that scenario is to continue Mm -hmm. to be the example. And what will happen eventually is they will raise their vibrations. Right. Right. If, if you can find a way to get into alignment, because that does happen. I, I have friends, it's the same thing. I see them in fear and then they try to control me and the situation. I don't want to get in the mud. I don't want to get in the mud. I know they don't want to be in the mud either. It doesn't feel good. And I know it's just a matter of time before their awakening happens. And so to just be that example and know that you're in each other's lives for a reason, if it is not a match anymore and there's no good that can come of this relationship, it will fade away. It will. Or you'll say, you'll end up saying something, you know, out of inspiration of, I'm so sorry. You're, you sound like you're in so much fear about this. What is your greatest fear about this or whatever that is? Right. And it will either be a invitation to discuss the greatest fear and then say, Oh, actually that's my greatest fear. Wow. Well, I guess that's not so bad, you know, and maybe that's the invitation that, that starts it off or it becomes a huge manifestation event for that person. And they, then they, and they, they leave fear. Right. Exactly. And, and of course you can only have that inspired thought 
and you, I'm saying this for everyone listening, because I know you know this, without attachment to the outcome, without totally. trying to make anything happen, and you have to be in alignment in order for that to be inspiration and not the urge. So if you really are seeing it with compassion and saying you're really in fear, they may be able to hear in that moment, they may not, but they want to feel right. good. Everyone wants to have a perspective of being the creator, that everything is happening for you, of not the victim, that things aren't happening to you. Everybody wants to feel good. Even if some people have been in fear so long that it feels like they're so deep in the water that they can never bob back to the surface, their inner selves are guiding them to the surface, no matter what. Right. So if nothing else, your inner guide, their inner guide are kikiing and talking about what's going on seeing what's how it's going to play out but yeah it is it's a tough one yeah it is definitely um you know one thing I found so interesting my take on it you know when I first started reading the teachings of Joshua and then listening to the podcast the podcast is really what hooked me in because yeah I got two kids and got dogs and there's a lot going on in this physical world of mine uh but I would put on the podcast and I would just walk the dogs and walk the kids and it was great he would always start off saying, you are here to have fun. Mm -hmm. You are love and nothing is wrong. Nothing you can do is bad. And I thought, huh? <laughs> I, I have permission to feel good. I have right. permission oh. to feel good in life. Mm. I'm not supposed to be feeling bad about all these things. Again, it goes back to this like sense of shame, this thing that I always was tempering why for a myriad of reasons I'm sure in my life but I was always tempering with this like don't feel too good don't put yourself out there too much don't don't yes. try to be just be humble just don't shine too too bright right and that same oh, thing too that came up in the beginning of we believe that in order to be happy you must earn it yes that's a huge part of it you have to toil and struggle if you want to get to the promised land right and not that the promised land is here, right in this exact moment, in every moment. This is the dream state. So we can either be in heaven or hell here, up to us. Totally. And, and oh you can man, think to the yourself. permission to feel good. The permission to feel good. Oh, Christine, yes. And like, think to yourself, you know, in I need to do all these things. So many of us think, well, in order to feel good, I need to work really hard. I need to earn this money. Once I get this house or that job or have these children or go on, you know, have a boat with these friends, then work. all of these things will make me happy. Nothing no, ever no, that really will be something else. makes you happy. Chasing a carrot Please. at the end of a stick. I mean, that's Absolutely. what it is. But, but I love that. To feel good without any of that. You don't need to toil, struggle, make a lot of money, have the best friendships, have a large house, have two children. You don't need any of that. You can feel good right now. This is all coming to me now. So when you're coming up, gosh, especially being a six, I mean, Christine had success at such a young age, but when we are children, you see that your kids can just snap into a happy place in a moment, snap into an unhappy place in the moment. They're so present and they're so powerful in their knowing of their sourceness that mm -hmm. it ignites fear in others. And so what happened when you were this little girl, so powerful and talented and beautiful and funny, it scared the shit out of everyone around you. And they had to tamper your light, dim it a little, don't be too that, be too much, it's too much of this because it made them afraid, which was what you set up for yourself, right? On this journey. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not making any parents wrong. I'm a parent. I'm definitely, definitely creating limiting belief in my daughter daily. It is what we signed up for. There's yeah. nothing, there's no working around it. Okay. I give her as much freedom as I can, but it's happening. But there are people in your lives, a teacher, a director, an agent that said something to you that made you have to get small. And that made them feel more comfortable. And you carry that with you your whole life. And everyone doesn't feel comfortable at a 10. We talk about this. If, if your inner guide could give you the feeling of total worthiness, total abundance, total freedom in an instant, you would feel so overcome and uncomfortable. What happens is we feel comfortable around a, let's say you were feeling comfy, comfortable your whole life around a six. And now you're giving yourself permission to be an eight. 
Right. Because no one feels comfortable feeling good all the time. And that's why when you do something or you are in alignment, let's say after the podcast, when we're buzzing, you know, I will go do something. I'll probably eat a ton because eating sort of lowers my vibration or whatever. You'll notice if you do perform in a show, right. Afterward, you drink like five vodka tonics, whatever it is, you just sort of like try You're sort of in it chasing that feeling, but also you do something to lower it or you get into an argument with someone, whatever it is. Right. Because we feel comfortable sort of at a lesser degree of happiness. But what happens if you allow yourself and give yourself full permission to be happy, especially yeah. when everyone around you is not happy. And they think, how can you be so selfish to be happy right now? If you look around what's happening in the world. Right. It's only in the knowledge that everyone is on their journey and we don't know what people are here to do, nor would we presume to know, nor would we do anything to change it. Because if we could change it, it's kind of like eternal sunshine, the spotless mind, where what we would do is start erasing things. And then we keep erasing, erasing until our existence is exactly two-dimensional and there's nothingness. Totally. So there has to be, there has to be contrast. There has to be all the things and we need to have what feels like blind faith that it's all working out. But the truth is it's not totally blind because you do see evidence of it in your life when you shift your perspective. Yes. And, you know, uh, I will say the other thing that's, that's, well, two things. Um, When you talk about, you know, being in alignment and raising your vibration and how it will raise others around you. So I'll just share a little bit about myself and my husband. So my husband is a therapist, hilarious. Um, I know. Um, my husband is a therapist. He's a former uh, recovering actor turned therapist. He's, uh, he's very sensitive in, in many ways, which is, I think, one of the reasons why it, we attracted each other. Um, and, you know, as I said, you know, this year had a lot of ups and downs. So while he's dealing with his own clients, he's dealing with his wife, who is, you know, I was on a real roller coaster and he was very, he was just very compassionate um, to me. Uh, And I noticed that like, as I started this, I'll say, as I started in the boot camp with Joshua, I did have some fear around, oh my gosh, I'm now feeling a different way. I'm looking at life from a different perspective and oh no, how do I, I don't need him to be on this journey specifically with me, but we're on two different planes, I feel like right now. And is this going to ruin my marriage? Mm-hmm. We were both like living at this vibration and now I feel like I'm somewhere else. And we're, I, I just, I, you know, and I, I got nervous. I was put in fear by that. And I remember asking that on one of the, you know, a question similar to that on one of the um, um, podcasts. And what was so interesting is the answer came, basically don't worry about it, mm-hmm. be in your vibration. It will attract others in your orbit to that vibration or not. And that will create a manifestation event and it will, it will go as it was, as it's meant to be. And as if the world was listening, as if all my guys <laughs> were listening, it was like, we just magnetically found each other right after. The world that. was listening. You're the entire universe that you created was listening. <laughs> that is what happened. It's not as if it is what happened. The entire world. And, and what was so interesting to me, because I never said anything to him. We never talked about it. Or in a, a few weeks later, he, he started a journey of meditation just mm-hmm. on his own, on his own. We didn't even speak about it. He's now getting certified to be a meditation instructor um, that he will use in tandem with his therapy practice, which is awesome. He was really inspired to do that. But he looked at me one day and went, isn't this interesting how we both just sort of found these spiritual, you know, we're both on these spiritual journeys at the same time. Isn't that wild? And I was like, yeah, so wild, so wild. (laughs) But I saw it all, I saw it all happen. I love it. And it made the connection actually deeper and fuller. I mean, that's, and you said there were two things. What would you remember the other thing was? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's that for sure. And also, I mean, I could go, gosh, I could do an entire, I could do hours and hours on parenthood. I know you could too. Um, And that's that's actually something I wanted to talk about too. 
I mean, huge can of worms, right? Because I feel like all we do as parents is try to control conditions. (laughs) We try to control our children's happiness. We control when we think they're going to be hungry, how we predetermine what snacks they might need, the wipes, the diapers, the stuff, (sighs) but then also the best schools, the way they should talk to people, how they should see certain things, not to be afraid of that, you know, be afraid of that, that could kill you. I mean, there are so (laughs) many things that oh my gosh. create there was a story the anxiety of parenthood this last week you know? there was a st- story he told about in this on in this documentary there's this village on a stilt village on an island and the family left their three or four year old at home and in order to get to another home you have to jump in the water and swim in four feet of water and they would just leave their kid home knowing at some point she'll want to go bad enough. She'll jump in the water and figure out how to swim. Now they have a belief about that, that that's yeah. what happens and it will work out. Can you imagine if we <laughs> like, no. So it is, it is all about our beliefs and how look, we're always going to control our kids. That is what's going to happen. But how far can you push yourself yeah. to give them more freedom because they have their own guidance system They have their own support that will show them their way that's necessary. If they are going to fall off the back of the couch and hit their head, that was the only thing that was meant to happen. It was always going to happen. Nothing you can do can stop it because it's meant to happen for you and for your child. There's a manifestation event for everybody involved. And if not, then not. I find myself saying to her a lot now, I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do which I'm sure if my parents were hearing that, or a lot of parents would hear that, they would go, that's terrible. You, you have to brush that. your teeth. You have to clean your body. You have to brush your hair, right? And also like, what kind of child are you going to create by saying, I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do? A terror. Right. <laughs> but she is who she is. She'll take yeah. that to mean what she needs to. And basically what usually happens is if I say, I need you to get into your pajamas, and she's, I'm down away in my pajamas. I say, you know what? I'm not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. You don't have to get in your pajamas. Guess what happens? She wants to get in her pajamas. Yes. Two minutes later, yeah. she gets in her pajamas. So it's like, it's right. just so hard to not get caught up in it with her and be like, well, you just, if you don't put on your pajamas, you know, and to not get into that, but to go, you know what? Fine. Don't go to bed naked. Right. I don't care. Don't go right. to bed. I'm going into your brother's room. I'm going to read a book. Don't leave my room. I, you know what? <laughs> I am also yeah. free. You can't control me. I'm going to go read right. It's all good. Right. Right. I it's mean, crazy. huge, huge percep- perception shifts. I, one of the biggest things that helped me so much, I think, just with my own anxiety as like, I'm trying to do all the right things here, um, was realizing that my children are not a product of me. Yes, they are amen. their own souls. They're not extensions they are their of you. own people. They're not extensions of me. Yes, they have some of my DNA, but their soul is not me. It is not my husband. It is not someone your completely journey. different. And they, not my journey, not my pig, not my farm. That's my other, that's my other phrase. <laughs> it's true. My, not my journey, and, and you know not my other, soul, not my journey. Not my soul. Not my journey. Not my soul not, and now look, of course it's our journey and the extent that if, that we, you know, have an agreement to be in each other's lives, but, and they are our teachers, obviously we all know that our kids are our teachers, but is it true that other moms and other dads will judge you based on what your kids do? Sure. They're going to, they're going to, but are you going to judge you for what your kids are doing? If you're in a grocery store and your kids is knocking jars off the shelf, I challenge us to laugh. And when people are giving us dirty looks, just know my child is free and maybe now it's time to go and get the manager to help clean it up. But like how, gosh, it's really hard because the truth is we worry about what people think. Yes, we do. And we're, because we're conditioned for that. So it takes a lot of time to rewire that, that part of our brain that, you know, created judgment and categories and good and bad. And this is you know, acceptable and this is not acceptable and to look at things from a perspective of everything is unique. Everything is an exploration. Uh, We are finding fun and humor in every moment. I mean, it really is a huge shift because we've been doing the other thing for a very long time. 
Yeah. Um, if you came to my house with your daughter and she, I can say this because her daughter is, <laughs> no, it doesn't say anything about Christine, but her daughter is, her children are both just incredible souls. Really, I feel like I can't go on enough, but I, when my daughter first came to your house, she was like 18 months and your daughter was three and she just grabbed her by the hand and took her and just was so maternal and loving. And this works both ways. So like, I'm not going to give you credit, but I also yeah. blame you. Like, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I, like, no. But she was so gorgeous and my daughter and took her and under her wing and was just lovely. But imagine we come to your house and she came down and gave my daughter a smackdown right on the face. Right. And said, I hate you. Leave my house. I would have been How? mortified. Right. Even though I would have been like, well, she deserved it. (laughs) 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 But yes, it's it's like, it's so hard for us not to see our children as extensions of ourselves, both for what we consider to be the good and the bad. Um, And knowing that, I guess, like in my mind, that they are both their own souls and they chose me. Yep. And I am here to help guide them to be and do whatever they need to explore in this life. I'm trying to change even like my vocabulary around when we have some kind of manifestation event between my my daughter and my son, which is on the daily, multiple times a day, yeah. let's be honest. Um, they're five and three, so there we are. But it's, uh, you know, already there is conditioning for her to say, he's making me feel bad because he's not cleaning up. Of course. You know, it and- yeah. It starts really early. And, you know, we're trying to do, we do breathing techniques. We try to, we try to do stuff just to show them that there's another place to put their negative feelings that we can take a breath. And instead of yeah. having a time out when we're getting riled up or scrolled up about something, I say, go have a time in, go to your room. You're not excluded. You're actually have some time to yourself, have a moment like to look inward and try to put yourself somewhere in a, in a bed. I'm trying to teach alignment without like teaching alignment. But you here's the saying? thing. Here's the thing that's so important. I'm so glad you said that you cannot teach alignment, how you're showing up not only is exactly perfect, but even when you are stressed out and not being, let's say what we would quote, say our best selves with our children, Yeah. they, which is a lot by the way, which is a lot, all of us, they signed up for that. They know that. And it is exactly what they're asking for in that moment as well. And when we have words over a situation that are, let's say, elevated, higher perspective, but we are still feeling the stress, you know this from having your children. They feel you. They don't hear you. They feel. They feel the tension in the room. They're such vibrational masters. But this is what I'm going to say. You being on this journey, you meditating, you being out of alignment and then shifting back into alignment when you come back into the room and say, I'm good. Let's play. You doing what you're doing for you is the teaching. Yeah, that is it. Yeah, that is all you ever have to worry about doing. And it's the best teacher example of alignment. It's the most important thing you can do, but also having grace with yourself when you are not, and you are activated and you are losing your shit to have grace that that's part of it too. You can't have one without the other. They can't learn alignment from you without seeing what it means to be out of alignment. And so to have that forgiveness and self-acceptance, and I'm saying this for myself as well as for you and for any parent listening, to have that self-acceptance to go, I am perfect. Not I am imperfect. Uh, I am perfect. And this is part of it. This is part of the exploration. This is what they are asking of me. This is how I'm showing up. And now in this next moment, what is the next best feeling thought? What is the place I can go that I can just get one step higher? Everything's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Get general. This is fleeting. This is a good opportunity for me to show alignment. I'm having trouble seeing it right now, but I know I'll get there. I have faith I'll get there. And then just slowly work yourself out of it. That's, that's what we're doing over and over again. Yeah. It's huge. Step. That's right. I it keep is. saying step by step, but it gives me, it gives me such joy. <laughs> no, you're trying because you know, and I, I, in the past, I feel like I would, I would have a moment, I would lose my shit, then I would feel bad about it, and then shame. I would have the shame spiral down shame. and be like, I'm shame. a terrible mother, and what am I doing? And shame. no one should have given me this job. I mean, yeah, it's a huge, yeah. it's a huge thing. Um, 
I did want to share one other thing. So I, last week I was in Montana, you and I were, were um, uh, speaking back and forth and it was such an incredible um, trip for our family. We were out in the middle of nowhere. We were with horses and pigs and chickens. I mean, I was in my happy place. You I were. had friends. I was like, this is great. Look at this. And I, was, I had friends that were like, uh, that seems like my version of hell. Um, <laughs> and I loved everything about it. Uh, but we were, you know, you and I were talking about time. Time has been a big one for me. And as I started to, in recent weeks, meditate and then start free writing right after my meditations, I had a lot of insight into how time is an illusion. And I know this in my head, but I don't really know this in my heart. And I'm trying to remember this because I constantly have felt like I've been running out of time in life. I don't have time to do all these things. I have so much on my plate. There's no time, especially with kids. And my guides really have been very vocal to hammer home that you have plenty of time. There's enough time for everything. Everything is working out just perfectly. If I'm living in that hamster wheel in my head of all the things that I have to get done, I am not mindful of the time that I actually am wasting doing that. I'm not mindful of where I am in this moment. And that's been, it's been a big like disconnect, I think for me, one that I'm really working on, but I said something funny to you and I am for sure going to make this into a t-shirt is that adulting is really getting in the way of my spiritual journey. And (laughs) (laughs) I often find that those things in life, we have to pay a bill. We have to get the groceries. We got to get gas, wash the car, wash the dog. Like these are all the things we do in, in life. And man, they're like, I don't have enough time to do all this stuff because it's getting in the way of my like spiritual practice. Um, right. It's, Adulting a is, I mean, I, it's the greatest quote of all time. And I want it on a t-shirt. I'm going to wear it because it's that, <laughs> that, and, you know, heavily meditated. Um, <laughs> yes. So those, totally. that shirt, I just always see that shirt. So this is what I want to say too about time because time exists so that we can experience this physical reality in a linear progression And so that we have some urge in us to do, to take action. If there was no time, there is no time. But if we didn't perceive time, we'd all just be sitting around doing nothing. We wouldn't have that tick, 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 tick to get stuff done. It's so perfect that it exists. Time and space in this reality. We have time so that we move through space. We need these in order to make this reality work. Now, That being said, what's interesting about the day-to-day, especially when you're a working mother or anyone on this planet, let's be honest, everyone who lives has that feeling of, I don't have enough time. And how many of our days have we lived in our lives just racing against the clock to get everything done? So many days. And the truth is because in that moment when you wake up and the list in your mind starts compiling and getting longer, you want it done And you want it done in the present moment, but you can't do them all, but you have to know that there will be time allotted for each thing. And if there isn't time allotted for something, then it wasn't meant to happen anyway. And what happens is when you do get into alignment with it, which I know you've experienced, you do get it all done. Now, how do you get it done with ease? How do you get it done in joy? How do you and set your intention in the morning to say all these things that I'm trying to quote, get over with. How do I enjoy each and every one, including going to the bank to get cash? How do I make that joyful? Well, I'm in my car away from my children. (laughs) I can listen to my favorite album. I can call Mm -hmm. someone I haven't spoken to. There are ways to find the joy in all the stuff that we've previously been conditioned to just get over with. And so when you see the day of all the things you have, you just go, it's all going to get done. It's going to get done one way or the other. And then when you do have that point of view, time stretches. It does in a big way. All of a sudden you can't, you've all these things have been getting done you're in the flow and you're just moving along and this is here. And, Oh, that's here for me. And I didn't forget that. And I've got this. I, Oh, yep. There's the, there's the sunglasses found the keys. Here we go. Oh, it's only only two o'clock. This is great. (laughs) You know, uh, you can hike with me. Let's go hike. I'm going to walk a dog. I mean, it's like, right. it all you find, just, 
And that's what happens. You find more time. You find time. You're like, I have 45 minutes right now. And you're kind of looking around like, who wants to do something? I love that conversation about it because I think that it is, it's a stressor on so many of us in this physical reality of how we, you know, make the most, how do we make the most out of what we got? And then it's like, without like making ourselves crazy, because honestly, all of these things, again, I come back to the adulting. It's like, oh my gosh, none of this actually matters, but I have to pay that gas bill because I do. You know, right. but if you went two weeks ago about the thing you were stressing about, it's like, I was really stressed about that. That's the thing that took my energy. Really? Right. Yeah. Oh, and I God. think we also have to be like, you know, mindful. I, I mean, I'm definitely more mindful in the ways that I use my time because some of the things I would say in my leisure, um, will, will raise my vibration and others I know are a vibrational suck. Oh, you're and killing I'm talking me because- about you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking Bravo right. TV for me. Bravo TV. Trash reality yes. television. Oh my God. For sure. And yeah, it's junk food. It's junk food. And yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. And I'm guilty of trolling social media for an hour and being like, what did I just learn? <laughs> nothing. Oh, and I'm literally I learned looking at nothing. the housewives. I know. And dude, when I first started this, I actually quit a bunch of franchises. I've spoken about this in my podcast. And so much of my life changed so fast, but I've sort of introduced things back in slowly because, but then last night is a good example. I was having a manifestation. I told you I'm having a huge manifestation event. I was having it last night and I was like, I'm pulling over on the side of the road. I'm off this journey right now. I'm going to watch Bravo. And man, I just felt like shit. Yeah. I did not feel good. And I woke up just not in alignment. I was like, I couldn't give up to to get to alignment. Getting into alignment is more important. I can come back and watch the show when I'm feeling better. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, if I don't watch Bravo television, I have so many more hours a week. It's ridiculous. Right. Right. I wrote a book. I wrote a book. New book. Exactly. Exactly. I don't Now I'm like, I don't even want to go back to it because I'm back to Bravo and I don't want to write it. Yeah, I understand. And I mean, listen, it's, you know, and it, look, we can laugh at ourselves because we know. Yeah. It's like, you know, you just said it, you know, and you and will I'm continue to it. dabble it, back into your, right. It's not a match for where I am. Thing. I'm like, it's painful to watch everyone in fear, like acting on urges <gasps> to control the conditions. It's painful. Painful. I agree. I agree. And, and sometimes like, I, and I'm the same way, like, you know, I don't watch as many, but there's several that I really, that I really do love. And I, and I, what's your favorite, after, what's your favorite? Tell someone what's your uh, favorite. Well, well, I watched the real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I watched New York, although I, I did fall off of that one. And then my husband and I are like below deck people. It's really, I know I really love bad. below deck, it's, but I did, I did opt out of the season. I'm really proud of my, cause that show gives me such anxiety because they are under so much pressure that I am like I torturing myself that there's no chef on it's board torture. and the it's- crew is cooking. Like I cannot <laughs> eat it. I cannot. And the, the guests are like miserable. And like, I am like, why am I, I am losing my mind. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? I oh my know. God. I mean, so, it's, it's, it's so good it's though. It's crazy, but you really do. If you want to see people controlling conditions and living in fear, it's a great example. It's, really, it's the best. And I'm not going to give up on Beverly Hills. Like, I'm, I mean, it's on tonight and I'm going to watch it. So look, I mean, of course we're, we look, listen, we're here to experience it. And I'm okay with that. I have no shame anymore about the things I know that may, you know, lower my vibration, but it's like, you know, we're here to experience all of it. So. It is. We're here to gonna... experience all of it. That is the ultimate statement because this is an experiential reality And we're meant to have experiences. We're meant to experience all of it. That's what we're doing. And that's where the growth happens. And that's where the expansion happens. Even though when you're sitting on the couch, taking in some television, that's not necessarily experiential, but you know what? It's part of the grand experience and it's all exactly perfect. And we don't need to feel shame about it. We don't need to feel bad about ourselves. Why do we spend time badgering ourselves for things that we like, don't like? Just be kind to yourself live your life, enjoy your relationships, pull over on the side of the road when you need to pull over on the side of the road, get out of alignment so that you can get back into alignment 
and just let it all flow, man. You got permission to be happy. You have permission to be happy. And with that, I want to say we are complete, but that's like a straight rip off. <laughs> <laughs> but we just want to thank everyone for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I could, I could talk to you for hours about all of I know. That. Well, you'll come back whenever you want. Don't you feel yeah. better now than when we started? Oh my gosh. I, yes. And I, I, I mean, I always do. I always do. This was awesome. I'm so glad you got to experience Christine the same way I get to. It's such a joy having her in my life and in my orbit. And we just had such a good time. So we'll definitely have her back. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I'm going to post a little bonus clip because, of course, we kept talking on and on and on after the recording. And I will see you next time. And by see you, I mean I'll be talking to you next time. Until then, this is Jackie Seiden sending love.